0: We have begun the beginning. Well, we're beginning to begin.
1: Start the game already!
2: Well, I think we're getting technically better. Or something. Or or something.
0: (laughs) Hey, you've got an interesting note here. Uh, Roll the dice.
2: Well, okay. so here's what happened is that I sent my wife out to buy some alcohol for me and my wife doesn't drink, which I think I've mentioned before. And you know that. Um, Mm -hmm. So she came back with some of this. uh, Appleton Estate Signature Jamaican Rum, some of this uh, Jameson Irish Whiskey and some of this Jack Daniels Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. So I have all three of these things, none of which have been opened yet. So I thought I would leave it to you to decide what I start with. Okay. So you can roll the dice or you can just pick one. Oh,
0: I have a, a 3D printed experimental giant heavy ass D20 here. So let's do one to six, the Jack Daniels. Seven to 12, the Jameson. 13 to, what's it going to be? 18, the Appleton Estates, 19 or 20. You mix all three with cola.
2: Oh, I'm not entirely certain that I want to ruin any of these with that.
1: Uh, This is going to sound great. Nine.
0: Nine.
2: So, Jameson.
0: Jameson, it is. All Um, right. Ice with double ice. asterisks.
2: Yes, because it's not actually ice. They're little metal balls that you put in the freezer, and they're not—they're right. not just hunks of, of uh, stainless steel. They're actually—they've uh, got some kind of expansion beds inside. Science. So, what have you well, got? I'm today? a little bit boring.
0: I've got <laughs> uh, Broadhead uh, Amber Ale.
1: Wow! Oh my God! An ale. Yeah, I bought mostly
0: coming. miscellaneous. Yeah, I got a couple of ciders. I went shopping yesterday actually to get some stuff and uh, just grabbed an assortment. That's not too bad.
1: Mm. It's pretty mellow.
2: I feel like a grown up.
1: <laughs> I mean, so it's been a hot minute.
2: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been been a while. Uh, what two weeks now? Yeah, so some stuff has happened. Um, I I started playing Baldur's Gate with a group of people, um, one of whom has not played before, and uh, two others who have played a little bit of Act 1, and one person has been halfway through Act 2, and of course I've been through Act 1 37 times. Um, So it is is just as much chaos as you would imagine. Um, Yeah, so it's fun. But it's a very, very different game when you're playing in a group where he basically like quests. What quests? I don't know. Punch a goblin or whatever.
0: Yeah, and my experience... buddy Paul at work is uh, with his second group playing through now. Uh, he's playing through just two people this time, and it's going a lot more smoothly. I think he had a full four.
2: It It can work, but you really have to coordinate and do teamwork, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be. I'm going to talk to this person. Okay, everybody else, stop what you're doing, and now we're, we're involved in that. Or, or you go and talk to them, and you get the quest, and you do the thing, and then you let us know what that was, and we'll all work on it together. Um, it's almost like tabletop gaming, but we're we're playing it very much like a video game. So again, it's fun. It's just I I feel sorry for the person who's it's their first time through because they're like, what's happening? Where are we going? Why are we going over there? What's happening over there? What are you doing? Where are you even? Right. I mean, the quest says we're supposed to go talk to this person. I'm talking to that person. Where are the rest of you? Oh, we're over here killing this thing and looking under this rock where we discovered a secret in the 75 times we have went through. So, and I experienced my first uh, bug that was annoying enough to make me go, I, I would like to actually reload for this, please. Um, I tried to cast, there's a, a harpies on the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, it's it's been damaged enough that I can cast sleep so it'll stop like singing its song, but I can't see it because I'm standing up high, so I took two steps and I fell into the rock. I can't move, I can't cast, I can't do anything, I can't teleport, I can't misty step, I because I can't see anything, right? I'm inside the geometry, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, well, I'm out of this combat. It's my turn, end turn, my turn, and turn, my turn, In turn. Until the end, and then it's like go to camp, come back, and now I'm sitting on top of the rock again. So I was trying to think to myself, like that. I mean, it's very rare. Obviously, I've played like a hundred and some odd hours of this game, and it's the first time it's happened. Um, I was trying to think to myself, like if I was going to try and fix this in a way that couldn't be exploited, like what what would I do? Right. And I think I would have a sort of like once per short rest. Um, you know minimum teleport button where
1: basically um you're
2: uh like you you teleport to the nearest occupiable pixel like whatever yeah. that happens to be
0: like lots of games have an unstuck uh yeah. feature
2: or rewind or something yeah. yeah and that would make sense or back me up like mm-hmm. five feet from my current position and give me my move back
0: yeah I mean, with a game like this, you're you're quick saving often enough that it's the, probably less important that the future oh yeah. is there, but Yes. So For speaking most. speaking of frustrating Baldur's Gate multiplayer, yes. I guess we might as well just come right out and say it. We are kind of announcing a Uh, we're going to be doing a bit of game streaming and streaming can be in quotation marks here the reality is is we're probably going to do like live to tape for the first couple of these Uh, we are going to be starting a two-player no companion tactician run of baldur's gate three
2: come and watch see how bad we are
0: uh so for those of you who listen to us uh in podcast format Uh, The YouTube channel, Nearing Under the Influence. Uh, I don't know when we're going to start it. Probably sometime next week by the time this airs. Uh, But it'll be at some point. Soonish. In the next week to 10 days-ish. It's not going to be a, hey, we're streaming three or four days a week kind of thing. Like, this will (laughs) probably be a once a week... We'll see how it goes type things. This is going to be like the anti-game streamer game stream. Uh, It's not going to be fancy. It's going to be two old fat white dudes uh, playing video games badly.
2: (laughs) Uh, That that sounds like the name of a, a good
0: YouTube channel. None of us will be in a hot tub or a kiddie pool. None of us will be wearing... Particularly outrageous cosplay.
2: Ooh, I'll have to see if I can find my wizard hat.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, You'd
0: pull off a of mean Gandalf now.
2: I, I'm getting, I'm getting there. I mean, winter is coming, but this is this is like six months of beard growth now, so it's it's slowing down significantly. I think I'm I'm almost to the point where my beard is going to stop growing. Which is okay. I'm I'm fine with that. I was hoping to get it long enough that I could put little braids in it, but I don't know if it's going to get there.
0: Yeah, I got uh, I got through about two weeks of beard growth, and I was like, Nah, I can't do this. It's. I'll and tell I was you getting what, ready to shave it all off, and uh, Tanya was like, we well, should leave the mustache. It's November Well,
2: yeah, it's fine. There's whatever. whatever. I have discovered in the, in the few times that I've tried to grow my beard out that there are three or four sort of almost week-long periods where you're like, oh, this has got to come off, right? There's the first little bit, which is fine. It's a little bit scratchy. And then it gets like, oh, my God, this itches like crazy. Um, and then you get to a certain point where it's like it's long enough that how do you control this and how do you trim it and how do you shape it? And then eventually it gets to the point where it's like it's long enough no one's really going to notice because there's a bird's nest in it anyway.
0: Yeah. I just don't have a beard growing face. You know, it's um, first of all, I just uh, native DNA. Probably I don't have density of hair follicles. So like what comes in comes in really long, but it's sparse enough that it like it, it isn't full. It'll never get full. Uh, which is problem number 1 problem 2 i've got like fat neck so you know where do you trim it here you don't unless it, well but i'll never have a full enough beard that it wouldn't just look like shitty neck beard right? well i mean
2: listen you have a pod- podcast on the internet you're allowed to grow a neck beard now
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I had this. You raise idea. a valid point.
2: I I had this idea at one point, and I I gave it up as a bad idea. But the idea was, is that I was because I last year I, I grew or when, uh, when sort of the the stay at home thing for COVID happened, I stopped shaving because I thought like this is the time that I can do this, and see like how bad is it going to be without embarrassing myself. Um, and when it came time to shave it off, which was the day after they took my ID photo at work. Um, I thought to myself, would it be funny if I w- like shaved off everything except the stuff below my chin and left like everything on my neck, you know, and put on a fedora and pose with a sword in my backyard? And then I thought, no, that's actually just kind of lame, so I didn't do it. Yeah. I thought it, it would be a funny picture.
0: I thought about taking what I had off in pieces, like just leaving the mutton chops. <laughs>
2: You could pull off fantastic. Chops. Yeah.
0: You know what I actually did it in high school once. Uh, I was in a musical. Uh we did um Oliver. Hmm. And I was cast in multiple roles, but I was playing my primarily role was Mr. Bumble who's the the sort of workhouse beetle. And I grew like Civil War authentic cuz this is about the only part of my facial hair that ever grows like nicely. And I get these empty spots here. I had these mutton chops sticking out. It was fantastic. It was horrible. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> I loved it.
2: Uh, there's, there's something a little bit freeing about being able to just go, you know what? Fuck it. Mean, some people are not going to like it, and I don't care.
0: Well, yeah, I was like 16, 17. I mean, whatever. Oh, I don't man. think anybody cares at that point.
2: Uh, I was, oh, I, I cared a lot. I cared too much. Um, but I couldn't in it's sixteen, seventeen, I couldn't grow facial hair. Like I was I was in my thirties before a reasonable, you know, sort of anything came out. And now that I'm like I'm near I'm nearly fifty? Let's do the math. Area the three. Yeah, yeah. Late forties, almost fifty. Um, you know, and like I am
0: growing facial hair at about the same rate I was at like thirteen.
2: I can still, I mean, even when I was like at work and you must be clean shaven, I could get away with like twice a week. I would shave sort of Monday morning and I would shave again Wednesday morning and I would have a bit of stubble on Friday morning.
0: Yeah, it's about what I do now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I like the fact that beards have come back. Um, I do keep my mustache trimmed as when I, uh, when I grew it out during COVID, I just let it all grow. And I understand now why, you know, during the great mustache period of the 18th century, they had, like, special spoons and the wax to keep stuff in place and all of that. Because, man, I'll tell you what, it collects food and soup. It's not Even this,
0: even this, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I had to, like, wash my face and, like, use shampoo almost after I eat. Yeah. And I'm not really a messy eater, but... Just gets yeah, it's like it picks it up. Like why? What is what who who was in
2: charge of our evolutionary path? Whoever they were, they're an idiot.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it had a purpose that we're not thinking of, but uh
1: Yeah, who knows? It does keep my face warm. I have oh. snow
2: on the ground now and it is here to stay. <sighs> Alright, so we should talk about Baldur's Gate three and what we're gonna do and how it's gonna work. I guess, or something.
0: I mean, for the most part, we're probably just going to be making it up as we go along. The intention is two players, no companions, tactician. And I haven't actually played tactician as of yet. Um, I think we probably need to establish some ground rules, though. Um, yes. You know, I see one of the questions you have here is, like, no saves coming. And I think, realistically, like, we're going to have to set rules for...
2: When do we reload?
0: Yeah, like... If One thing is, I don't want to do is have this feel like unfun. Yes. So if you get into a combat situation where you're just hosed by your position, right? Like there's no point in spending multiple hours trying to trying to get through that situation and make for the most of it. Let's roll back. Let's approach it more tactically. But I would like to respect the dice rolls, yes. if anything.
2: Yeah, and that's that's really what I'm talking about. Like if we we get to a point, I would like to in the situation where, oh, it looks like we're not going to be able to do this combat. I would like to do like three or four rounds and just Mm -hmm. see and if it turns because uh today actually i'm i'm on uh i sent i sent a screenshot i don't know if you see the the ones that pop up on steam um it's labeled nice and i think you'll see why uh but i uh i got to the to the point where i was at the where you first meet the yankee at the the bridge Mm -hmm. you go past uh, along the the upper road and the guy flies down on the dragon Blah blah blah. Uh, And combat initiates there, and I literally did not get to make a move. Gold for initiative, the fighter on their side went... Two of them went first. One of them was a rogue or something who basically went, I poisoned my arrow and missed everybody, uh, and I hide in the corner. And then their warrior went. Two attacks killed me. Action surge killed another person, popped a potion, killed the third person, and Astarian was hiding in the bushes, and it's like, well, what's he gonna do? He's gonna pop out and just die, right? So I was like, yeah, I'll level up some before I come back here. I need to be able to survive one round of combat. In that mm-hmm. situation, we reload. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, one of us is still alive with one hit point, but this is not recoverable. Yeah. No. Um, but you know, oh, we we failed the perception check. So be it. Carry on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or persuasions, or you know, any of that type of stuff. I mean,
2: use inspiration, but yeah. not not reload.
0: You know, and I, and I think what we may want to do. I know that there are people that are actually doing like solo tactician runs. Yes, neither one of us are probably good enough to to really make that work. And not interested I don't, in the the homework you know, that it would take to make I like, that work. Yeah, I like a challenge. I'm 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 not really a masochist, so.
2: Mm.
1: You know yeah. that
0: would get to the point i think very quickly where it's not fun or i'm having to resort to cheesing everything and there's going to be some stuff we'll probably have to cheese
2: yes we'll have to approach something stealthily i think i do, I do mm-hmm. think that we're probably going to have to talk about um covering our bases because with only two classes right mm-hmm. like there's going to be some skill gaps um, mm-hmm. we're probably going to have to be a little bit combat focused because Otherwise, we're just going to get stuck in the combats.
0: It's going to be, a, I suspect, like, we'll probably respec a ton once yeah. you got enough wiggle room to make certain things more viable. Yes. Um, did you have anything that you were kind of rolling around in the top of your head as being maybe um, things I, you would like to look at?
2: Uh, yeah, kind of. I haven't played a druid yet at all. Um, so I was thinking about that. Um, but I'm. I'm open to pretty much anything. Do you have anything that that is tickling your fancy for an idea?
0: Um, I know there's some things that are... um, They're probably go-to builds, and I haven't really researched it a ton, but there's some obvious things that jump out to me as being pretty interesting. Um, Berserker, Barbarian, Circle of the Moon Druid uh, as a multi-class, because your Barbarian Rage you can hit... Then yeah. drop into bear or owl bear, and you've essentially got two HP pools. Then, yeah, and I think there is the um, and I didn't get it in my first game, but a legendary two hand sword available in Act One, uh, the Gith Yankee. So, if you went Gith as a race, that could that would need to be balanced against something else. And, and the something else could be going like Assassin Road, Bloomstalker Ranger is a multi-class kind of thing. Um, probably start off rogue uh, for that one, but that would be one that would probably respec a couple of times. Um, I guess it'll depend on what our, our little social contract is, is about how we're going to handle like combat and pace of combat. Like, do we want to try and you know, take on a group and, and, and get through it, or do we want to pick away at the edges as best we can? Um, if it's our intention to jump into hiding and stealth and, and whatnot and visibility, then maybe sort of the Assassin Gloomstalker makes sense. And uh, have you looked at the Dark Urge stuff at all?
2: No, I, while I was waiting uh, the other day for our group game to start, I, I loaded up the Dark Urge and it, I did notice that the uh, the opening... Text crawl is different. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, oh, my head, except like Dark Urge has
0: dialogue. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't haven't looked at it at all. I haven't played it. But my understanding is there is some perks for going Dark Urge, and one of them is a pretty decent in combat invisibility. Oh. I don't know if it has to do with like, after killing something in combat, you can do something. Uh, a cloak of some sort, so that's only going to work if if strategically like that's how we're handling combat both of us if one of us is going to be wanting to just get in there and and and, uh, that's and I dangerous. don't know how well that that is dangerous i I wouldn't think it would be the way to go for uh a solo tactician run, no. but it might be feasible depending on what the 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 complement yeah. is between yes. our builds, you know. I
2: think, I think if you were going to do that, you'd almost want to go, um, oh, what's the, what's the animal thing, Berserker, uh, Barbarian thing? It's not Berserker, it's the other one. Uh, oh, the... your the, Heart or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'd want to do that and go Bear, which has uh, resistance to all damage except Psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd want the other person to be, like, heavy indeed.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how...
2: That won't, that won't work well. You just don't have enough damage output. I think well, you need to Well, and there's just
0: have... not enough healing availability to, to make... No, there isn't. That sort of tank healer thing even a viable sort of nope. situation. I don't know. And I don't know that there's enough crowd control even in, in the game to make...
2: There is... You could. I think you could. Here's here's an an odd thing. Is I think you could make two wizards work,
0: because
2: mm-hmm. hypnotic pattern is way overpowered. Yeah. Um.
0: So you. Could, and I like, thought like like a lock might be an interesting way to go too. Yep. Um.
2: You need something that has a a sort of medium amount of survivability, a lot of damage output, and a minimum. amount I can heal myself a bit.
0: Yeah. The other Uh, thing that might be interesting is like a a paladin mm -hmm. slash like pact of the blade war block where you can uh, warlock where you can really push into charisma.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Paladins are neat. Um,
0: I honestly think, and I I don't know this for sure, so I might be wrong because having played through the game at regular difficulty, I think the first like act one, the first. Half of Act 1 might be the most difficult part of doing this.
2: Uh, The Goblin Fort is really tough, especially if you try and fight your way out at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, If you fight your way in from the outside, I think it could probably be okay. Because inside the Goblin Fort is not a big deal. You can can chunk that up into small pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, honestly, my very first uh, attempt at Tactician, I died to the... Ah, uh, the brain things. What the heck are they
1: called again? I always forget. Uh, us and
2: his friends. Uh,
0: like the the illithids at the beginning.
2: No, no. Like after you, after you crash, yes. you go to walk through the, the ruined ship, and there's like three brains there, brains with legs. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, thought devourers, whatever. Uh, you know. yeah. Um, intellect ours. intellect of yeah, yeah um my very first tactician run actually i died right there in one round they went bang 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 and down i went and then it was you know because uh, i had shadow heart at that point and she went ah and tried to heal me and then bang 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 and she went down That, it's tough you have to do you have to be strategic i think and i it, the for, uh, you're right cuz the first bit like up until level 5 once you hit level 5 it becomes a whole bunch easier cuz you have options um but up until that point you kind of have to go all right find a way to split people up and yeah. try and take them on all at once they're just going to overwhelm you sleep sleep is going to be a big spell in the
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Now, this streaming thing isn't just going to be about Baldur's Gate 3. That's the first thing that we're doing. I have some ideas for other things that I would like to do with it. I mean, there's a lot of games. Uh, we talked about doing the retro thing. And I think that um, there's a few obvious games that come to my head. Some that are like, hey, we've never done this. Let's do it and really you know, focus on playing in the game. And then there's going to be other games that yeah we're playing the game and it's just kind of background filler while we're shooting this shit or talking about something else uh what ideas did you have
2: um well the big one is is ghost recon right it's the uh it's the the granddaddy of land party games um it's a little bit for us to,
0: yeah. everybody else that i talked to that did land parties back in the day nobody ever played that game
2: no well, that's fun no nope. Well, a lot of people uh, prefer um, antagonistic games, like games where they're playing each other, right? And I mm-hmm. enjoyed Ghost Recon because of the, the co-op element. I like I like cooperating versus competing. Some of it is because competitions just end up being losses for me, but uh, some of it is just because it's just so much more fun to work together with your friends than it is to work against them.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Age, of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Age of Empires 2. Yeah. Uh,
0: Age of Empires 2 would be another one that would be interesting to go to. Honestly, some of my most fun moments playing that game were not the land party, um, like competitive, but the you and I killing time. Uh, so the the original Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings uh the way the difficulty worked is that it wasn't really like it wasn't true difficulty so much as just everything for the enemy ai happens so much more quickly so we would put ourselves in like a no rush situation on a map that we would build ourselves and two of us would build up and and we'd go against 3 ai and and try and survive and deal with them right like Because it was a challenge. Now, I don't know if it would be the same with uh, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, but I noticed that they, since launch, have introduced some co-op campaigns.
2: Oh, yeah, that would be interesting to do.
0: Yeah. So uh, I have no idea what they're like. You know, I don't know. I didn't do a lot of campaign stuff in Age of Empires because it it was a style of gameplay that was sort of different than what I really enjoyed playing that, that sort of quick build up rush style or that quick sort of objective kind of, kind of style stuff that is admittedly the best way to play the game if you want to be good, but
2: yeah, I, I I'm finding as I get older that I'm, I don't enjoy rushing anything anymore. Yeah. I'd rather walk down the, uh,
1: walk down the hill.
0: the um the place i would like to eventually get is doing some real retro shit um now i know you haven't played a lot of console games period back in the day right
2: i mean some some uh, super mario brothers really badly
0: yeah i would like to tackle things like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, some of the greatest games of all time that I think you've never seen.
2: i uh, never seen most of, for sure.
0: Now, they're not multiplayer games per se. They're not uh, co-op games. There are some games of that ilk, like Secret of Mana and Secret of Evermore, that do have multiplayer modes. But I think I would be quite happy to sit in the sidecar and watch you play those and just sort of talk through the experience or vice versa. We can do that thing where we hand off the controller. I remember growing up, loving those games, and that's typically how I played. Uh, a buddy of mine who was really into the same JRPGs that I was in, like, we would rent a game system and we'd rent the game, do it in like 72 hours, like three days over the weekend, not sleeping. And it's just like, okay, you play for a while, you play for a while, hand off the controller and just experience the game. Two people playing a single player game. And given that you've not played any of those, it'd be interesting to see as an old man in 2023 Mm. how well they hold up.
2: Um, I imagine that some of the stories will still be interesting. The, uh, some of the, as a visual spectacle to film and and put out as entertainment for other people, that's probably going to be terrible. Let's do it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And that it's probably worth saying for those of you that are thinking about tuning into this stream, that we're not doing this to be successful streamers. Oh God. This is just an extension of, of us just having an excuse to hang out and, Maybe shoot the shit with a few of you while we're doing it, but we're not—we're uh, not doing this as a product. We're not going to be what? playing what the cool kids are playing. If you're looking at like Twitch and you're looking at the popular games, um, we're not going to be in any of those. Oh. We're probably going to be playing shit you either haven't heard of or weren't born yet <laughs> when they came out.
2: That's true. The number of people in our age bracket who are watching or listening to podcasts is probably. Reasonably small. Ah, I could be convinced to get into a hot tub. I'm not sure if it would, you know, raise your viewership or tank it.
0: <laughs> if there's anything that I've learned, is that there's someone out there that's into yeah. it. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. There's an audience for it. Might not that, be a big audience, but there'll be a 35? passionate audience
2: because yeah. rule 34 is the other one is this rule 35 i don't or, know or, or is this just like rule 34b
0: <laughs> yeah it's just in the opposite direction right
2: yeah well wow. i mean i i'm excited to start any and or all of that i think it's a great mm-hmm. idea
0: uh another thing i'd like to do down the road and this probably requires of a bit of an audience for it to be worthwhile and this is transitions us into the next segment is I think it would be interesting and fun just to do some uh, DM prep, like Q and A sessions. Just honestly, like if it gives me the excuse to sit down at a computer and think about what I want to do for my my D and D groups that I run, and put the time in to do a little bit of prep, whether it's just thinking about what I want to do, mapping things out, whether it's just sitting in Foundry or whatever VTT I'm using, and and doing some work in there maybe even prepping a mini campaign that I'm going to run in the future as a group. I think that would be interesting for me anyway.
2: I, there's I mean there's almost certainly an audience out there for that. I was I was thinking about this the other day cuz I'm I'm setting up for what we're going to segue into here in a minute and uh I was looking at my map making software and I'm like, there's one more module that I'd like to have for that. And I have, I have spousal permission to purchase it. So yeah, it's a $40 purchase. Listen, Christmas is coming up. You know, the budget gets a little tight around this time of year. So
0: something that might be on sale in a week.
2: Ah, it's possible. There's a humble bundle going on right now that looks really, really
0: nice. I Um, almost sent it to you. And then I I realized you know what he's pinching pennies here. He just bought a house. I don't want to say you get irked, but you you pretend to get irked when I send you stuff like that because it's like oh I <laughs> want to buy that.
2: I do. I really I looked at it. Um, they do have yep. a few things on sale and they have a couple of their bundles on sale. The problem is is that like I have a bunch of stuff already and I, I literally just need like one more add on. I did find too. There's a, a shareware bundle out there uh, with. Ten thousand symbols in it that are usable in the photographer. So, I, I I was gonna start downloading it. Then I realized, oh wait, no, we're we're actually recording this afternoon. I shouldn't be using my internet for that. So, I'll send you a link to it if you're interested. Um, it looks it looks pretty cool. I have no idea. Mm. We'll cut out a little bit
1: there. The internet. There's clouds. So. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's actually get into Table talk officially. I'm excited. Me too. Why are you excited?
2: Well, my excitement is actually, this is sort of special for me because my excitement has actually lasted more than the days of going back and forth and saying we should do a thing. We are starting up our Dungeons & Dragons group again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, mm-hmm. I, uh, I lose track of, of the days of the week. Um, so we're having our session zero for the whole new thing, uh, tomorrow at two o'clock ish. Um, and I'll be, I'll be proposing some things that some people are probably not going to like for a short period of trying things out. And yeah, we'll see. we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, uh, before just, we get
0: into our group though, uh-oh. You've also started playing with another group already, have you not?
2: Uh, I haven't, no. Oh. no! I the, thought you'd uh, kick
0: things off with them already.
2: Nope. They're, uh, no, uh, that's, um, I'm, I'm starting an in-person group, but I want to get us up and running off the ground first.
0: Oh, um, okay.
2: Part of the reason is is that I need to flush things out a little bit more for sort of in-person. I'm also uh, going to be doing uh, my own sort of system with that group, I hope. So, I need to flesh that out a little bit more too. Because it's mostly there. I think there's probably going to be some balance issues, obviously. And there's going to be a few places where I haven't thought of things that people want to do. Might be a thing for you to Are you going to be I recording space.
0: sessions for that group?
2: Uh, probably not. Um, I, I'll ask them. I'll see if they want to. Um, but if we do, it'll be sort of like one microphone and, you know, sub uh, sub critical role season one quality so
0: yeah, yeah and that's fine for for that kind of thing I'm, I'm not suggesting you publish it i'm just interesting in maybe checking it out myself because um, i know I'll, that you've been talking about getting back into like doing 3d printed sort of dungeon tiles and stuff like that too so
2: that that's the hope uh whether or not i actually get to that it's you know like you get to the end of a day and think oh i have lots of time to do this and then it's like oh wait that's tomorrow yeah, i don't have. Anymore, so make a sketch on a piece of paper. I'm thinking I might because I'll be doing it in the room that our TV is in. I might actually load up Roll Twenty and control it from my computer and say like, "There's you. Where do you want to go? Like up, down, left, right. How many? to Do what?" Just so that we have a, a something to look at for for combat.
1: Nice, nice.
2: Yeah, I'd love to do 3D printed stuff, but it's just time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Not a, and I know, I mean, you like 3D printing specifically. Not a um, parting gift, but if you haven't watched, and I would suggest going back and looking like it is old stuff. uh, There's a Canadian dude uh, out of the Winnipeg area, runs a channel called Black Magic Craft. And he does some 3D printing stuff, but like he really started out uh, cutting his teeth on terrain and stuff using like the the pink xps foam yep like a little bit more crafty stuff and i actually like that the way it comes out yes. a lot more than the the 3d printed stuff it's a lot easier i think it's a little more reasonable to to oh, crank level. out in terms of yeah. throughput well yes. entry level yes but also in terms of like i need a lot of this stuff and maybe I'm only going to use it a few times and then I'm going to turn it over and use different stuff for, or whatever, like the investment of time and money yes, uh, to do a 3d printing. Uh, you know, that's great for minis and stuff like that. But like for basic train stuff, this guy like even gets really cheaper. Like the amount of stuff that he can make out of cereal boxes.
2: Oh yeah.
0: It's pretty have- impressive with dollar store paint brushes and paint.
2: The uh, the group that I'm, I'm playing Baldur's Gate with right now, um, a couple of them are, and the people that I was playing with in my Sunday group, uh, a couple of them are big into Warhammer and those kind of games, right? Mm-hmm. Tabletop simulation type stuff. And they do a lot of terrain and some of it is just unbelievably good. And it's all sort of hand done. Now they do a little bit of uh, sort of laser cutting to get some forms of stuff done, but then they'll like, you know stick bits of fake moss on it and they get stuff you know the the green stuff that you use for plants that you get from mm-hmm. the forest uh, they'll do a bunch of stuff with that um you can make just about anything that you can think of and it's like wow that that looks like like a hillside with trees
0: on it you know it's kind of funny how full circle some things have come and i know that that level of wargaming always existed uh, but it was more traditional war gaming than it was even the, the fantasy sci-fi like 40k style gaming that people do now. But I remember as a kid growing up, spending time with my dad doing model train stuff. Mm. And really, the stuff that we were doing is exactly what a lot of the people that are into to train stuff now, more than just like modular tile systems and stuff, but the people that are building these big sets to do skirmish games and and wargaming on are doing. Now, that foray into model train building was not something I would have ever told anybody at school, even my nerdiest friends at the time that I was doing.
2: Yeah, because it's just not cool.
0: And now, admittedly, most people don't look at it as cool, but my nerdy friends would.
2: Yeah. Because it's neat. I mean, it's a skill, right? It, in, it involves mm-hmm. a, a great deal of creativity and uh, and craftiness that deserves respect. The unfortunate thing is a lot of people who get into that, like I don't know if you've ever been into uh, the, the game store, Trenton, on a day when they're all playing. Like you walk through that room and it's like, oh, how many of you have showered today? Like there's double digits of you in here and single digits of you know what Mm. but
0: that's yeah, true Tanya and i've walked into there's um uh, in kingston the gamers nexus place on Baggett street it's it's literally a basement under a building and it's quite an interesting game store but the back two-thirds of it are just dedicated to actual Cables. play yeah. and um it definitely attracts the the older school and i think the older school tends to fit that description of neck beards and unwashed a lot more than yeah. maybe the the new blood that's been breathed into this pastime through yes. things like critical role and it's well
2: it's changed right because it has become less like and i don't i don't want to you know sort of come down on those people cuz often it's because of you know issues that are outside of their control right social and otherwise um so it's it's probably a good thing that like the 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 average person is now spending is is more able to actually do these kind of things Mm -hmm. sort of lifts everybody up
0: but there's definitely a type of person and i i do feel you got to kind of call them out on the fact that a lot of them choose to be the way they are yeah um tanya and i uh it's probably 2014, 2015 ish, got into playing Magic: The Gathering for a while, and we were just mostly playing it like ourselves, building decks and stuff. And I got looking into uh, Friday Night Magic, and looked into some of the groups that we're playing here in Belleville. Now, uh, Belleville is not a big city. I, I mean, I think our population is like 50,000 now, or something like that. And there aren't a lot of people that would be into. At least at this time, running Friday Night Magic, so there was a couple of little hot spots, and one of them was more of a like a general game store called Scallywag toys and I uh, popped in and saw the people playing Friday Night Magic, just how like it was a perpetual argument back there, you know, like the combination of that sort of rules lawyery kind of yep. combativeness mixed with just people wanting to be antagonistic and, and start fights. Oh, uh, it's yeah. like, nope, never yeah. doing this.
2: I have a story along the same lines. Um, Cindy and I started doing, and it, we did it once and haven't done it since, but we do, we do want to keep doing it, where one night a week, um, as, as, as previously mentioned, we're pinching pennies a little bit, so we go into our local library and grab a movie. Right, because they have a a reasonable selection of DVDs. We watched uh, uh, Cloud Atlas uh, Mm -hmm. last time, right? Which I I had, I had actually it was on my list of things to watch when it came out, and then just fell off the list. And I thought, man, whatever, it probably wasn't that great. And uh, neither of us had seen it. It was awesome, but the the point of the story is that we went in there, and there was a group of kids playing Dungeons and Dragons in the library. Libraries are not quiet zones anymore. They're now just like social gathering places. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, it was...
0: that far is is cool. Like, yes. That's great that there's there's kids yes. socially in a public environment, not in their mom's basement, yep. at a public library of all places, playing D&D. Yes. All right. You may um, continue.
2: Now, it's a group of seven or eight, and I'm not a good judge of kids. I don't have kids of my own. I've never been interested in having kids, so I'm not a good judge of age. But they were like early teens at the oldest like probably older than 10 probably all of them were under 15 so between 10 and 14 um and there's like seven or eight of them and the dungeon master was like the smallest and youngest person at the table right and it was absolute and utter chaos like nothing was happening every and and a bunch of them are new players as well right so they're 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 doing that thing that we all do right when we're excited about something and it's like i i have i have a a charisma of 16 so i can convince people to do stuff and well i have a strength of 18 so i can i can throw a barrel across the inn it's like where are you and what are you doing like you actually having conversations or are you just bragging about how awesome your character is right and this i mean we were there for a half hour 40 minutes looking at movies and i'm just the whole time I'm like, I can't even look at, I can't even look at the titles on these DVDs because I'm laughing. Like the, all of these kids, with the exception of the dungeon master, are having a great deal of fun, right? And it's wonderful to see. But at the same time, I have to think they would they would benefit from having a slightly older and slightly more experienced dungeon master who could say, "Okay, yes, your charisma is great. Sit down. It's not your turn. Yes, yes, you're very strong. You're over in the corner posing and showing off your muscles, and all the girls are very impressed." It's not your turn. <laughs>
0: okay,
2: now what do you do?
0: Though, so to be fair, except that it was a much smaller group, you've basically just described what my very first Dungeons and Dragons group was doing, except that we were like in school at recess, you know, three or four of us. Oh.
2: And, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's kind of what it was like. Yeah, and that is what it's like. That's how you start, and that's how it goes. So, I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't laughing at them. I was just laughing with, you know, nostalgia and the idea that, mm-hmm. like, this is how it's supposed to start. This is how. And then, you know, some people get a little bit more serious, and some people stay casual, and some people drift away. Um, you know, um, one of the things that I, I keep reflecting on, I think I've mentioned it before, is that is that our group um, is a unicorn in that i don't i don't have to worry about balancing things or i don't have to worry about like how getting your people i don't have to worry about people not having enough power right or too much because everyone's just there to play the game right i in in playing Baldur's gate with this this group of people and they're very nice people and i like them and they're all my friends but oh my god they're all fucking loot goblins Right, like I'm literally I'm walking along behind because there's somebody here who hasn't played the game before, so I want them to click on things and experience things. Right, so I'm walking along behind, and every single chest, bag, box, um, fucking rock has been looted. Every every body has been emptied. You know,
0: and it's like, oh my it, god, I'm playing EverQuest again. Yeah, like, here, here, just let me let me start the DKP tables up because.
2: And here's the thing, like I I don't really care. care. I know. Because it's I mean it's not important. There's I'm playing a wizard. For goodness sake, I don't care. It's like if if I need to memorize a scroll and I don't have gold, I'll just say, hey, I'd like to memorize a scroll. Can somebody shoot me fifty gold? And it'll and it'll happen. See, that's the thing, is that it's not it's absolutely not a problem because it's not that they're trying to hoard the stuff. It's that they want to get the stuff. And Mm -hmm. like our group doesn't do that. Right I was just reflecting on this at the end of our session the other day. Now,
0: now, do you think it's because it's a video game? like would this same group if they were playing at a table, would the approach be the same?
2: Ah, uh, it would be similar, yes. Yeah. I have played Dungeons and Dragons with all of these people before, and it's it's definitely sort of a common thread. Hmm. It is a little bit exacerbated because it's a video game, right? and it's like I want to do things, I want to click on stuff because I have that impulse too like i don't I do not leave myself out of the loot goblin uh accusation like i absolutely am we're probably going to have to have a discussion about that when we play you know like what do we do do we just pool all our loot do we we need to figure it out right because the communication is the important part but our dungeons and dragons group like when when it's like hey okay so here's a a chest and it's full of stuff it's like well this would be most useful for you and this would be most useful for you yeah but you should have it because such and such and i've already got this and i'm going to be using that so you should have this right
0: and i can say that it, it's happened more than a few times when you were dming this group and it certainly happened while i was dming this group sometimes i would set up loot with a chest and it's just like you say that the chest is there and everybody's enjoying themselves doing anything else yeah and you know you're getting ready to leave and it's like uh did you guys want to like wanna the look room? at that chest or <laughs> um, i guess you know yeah if you really want us to we'll 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 loot the room
2: yeah because everybody is interested in the story and where do we go next and how do we actually accomplish our story goals which is i mean it's different right like they're again they're both perfectly valid ways to play right there's lots of my tuesday
0: uh, my tuesday group is is quite similar and i don't know if it's just because that's the way i run the games but i got to the point with them where i actually stopped even worrying about loot and i've I've rewarded them with items narratively more. Yeah. Right? So they get the big nice shiny shit. The magic items, the OP stuff more tied to the narrative and what they're doing rather than, well, here's the loot table and, you know. And it it matters more that
2: way. Right? It's it's tough to convince some people of that, but it does it it makes more sense when it's, you know, this is something that your character would appreciate. And you you were rewarded this thing by by doing something as opposed to I beat the monster, I open the chest, I get the loot.
0: Yeah, but there there are other, you know, and, and, and I wouldn't think of people that enjoy games like Diablo. Yeah. I mean, there are people that play D&D for the dungeon crawl, loot grind, loot pin sure. pinata style thing. And I'm not going to yuck their yum, yeah. uh, but our groups definitely have not had, yeah, had well, those type of people in it. Yeah it does it's all right so getting back to our game then what can you tell me and our listeners here without spoiling everything uh
2: well okay i can say that it is a homebrew world that um for us at least we're going to play with the fifth edition system uh which is going to be a little bit interesting because one of the sort of major foundational things about this world is that magic is socially taboo um, and specifically illegal most places uh, because the world has been shattered. Everyone assumes that it's by building too deeply to forbidden magics of the world. Everyone knows it exists. It's not like secret or anything, but
0: um, it's, it's
2: just not done
0: uh now you mentioned initially that you're just going to be having us play some premades that you're assigning
2: uh i'm going to i'm changing that up a little bit uh okay. basically what i'm going to do is i'm going to assign a sort of archetypal personality that i'd like to see and a, okay a class um everybody's going to be human to start with for the first bit mm-hmm. uh and then i'm going to send people away and say make up your character here are, here are your constraints. Otherwise, do your thing.
0: Uh, are you going to actually have us do character sheets in Roll20 then?
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's probably where we're going to end up playing.
0: And it's, so I'm assume with the, the, the human uh, restriction, you're probably going to be restricting things like crazy subclasses and, and whatnot as well then?
2: um, I, Well, I, after level one, do what you want. Okay um yeah but it's it's basically it's going to be you
1: know, basic stuff to start h thief stuff okay yeah so the magic
2: users will have a little bit of a you know delicate line to walk where just you don't do that stuff in town we need to we need to discuss a few things about because i want you to start off as uh sort of you're all from the same town you're all friends Y'all know each other, right? Y'all sort of know each other's secret magic stuff. One of the things that sort of drew you together in town. Uh, yeah. And then got to figure out how to suggest that you head off to adventure.
0: Well, I'm excited. I know that Tanya's excited to get back and and playing
2: yeah it'll be I think it'll be fun I, I we'll see how the the first couple of sessions go but like I say i want to run session zero this week where we'll we'll talk about stuff and set things up and get logged in and started um and then next week I think we'll do like it's almost gonna be like a one shot maybe like one mm-hmm. maybe two sessions and we'll we'll see how it rolls and see how you like your characters and if you don't
0: did you end up or are you uh, going to pick up the Roll Twenty sub thing so that you can share your compendium? Because I know we kind of bought you most of the books.
2: Um, I don't think that I need to have that to share the compendium. I, I there's a limited number of games I can share the
0: compendium. Uh, I think okay. like- I'm not sure what the 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 plans are with them now. I haven't used. Oh, Roll 20 yeah. in a while, but I was pretty sure you had to have, like, the base level plan to do any compendium sharing.
2: Uh, I thought you could share in, like, the single game for the DM. I think you have to, I, I know you have to be a subscriber if you want to share your compendium, not the game creator.
0: Uh, no, actually, you that that's a limit regardless. That's why we ended up having to buy you the books. Like, a lot of the books that I picked up for you were books that I already had for myself while I was on a on a sub, too. So I'll have
2: to look into that. Um, if I need to, then yeah, I will. Okay. Um, but I, I thought that there was a certain, like a limited number and it was like, you can share it in two games. And if you mm. try and share it in a third one, it'll say you have to drop one of these.
0: I don't know. Have, have you done a bunch of prep work of in roll 20 no. yet? Yeah. Like, no. Um, like if so, you I mean, want, I could just spin up an empty foundry thing for you and let you go. Cause then you can use my full character mancer stuff and whatever.
2: Um, yeah, we could do that uh as well. I just I don't want to interfere cuz I know you can only have sort of one world running at a time, right? Yeah. We we'll have to we we'll have to coordinate a little bit. Oh my god, we'll have to talk to each other.
0: Sorry. All, right. <laughs> all right. Any other non-spoiler information you can share before we move on?
2: Um, I don't think so. I don't think that there's much. I mean, like you know a little bit about it because we're mm-hmm. creating the first little bit of the world together. Uh, now there's there's not much beyond like the, the starting town that I've even worked on. It will develop as we need to go there. That's my the way my brain works is I make shit up as I go, and, and hope it doesn't contradict. And if it does, eh, we'll retcon stuff.
1: All right.
0: I might need to bring old man Deck's voice back. No, I will not do that to my wife again. I might
2: just make that a stipulation of your character. <laughs>
1: well, way back in 19-tickety-two.
2: Ah, stay a while and listen.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so my group, uh, I mentioned in our last session or, or maybe the episode before that uh, my group had gone on a bit of a hiatus when we were doing a recap episode. And that I had some ideas for for how to make that happen, I wanted to try some things, and for the most part, it went better than I thought it would go Now that whole thing that I was talking about, the ethics of of taking memories and stuff, it ended up not mattering, didn't really come up um, as anticipated, a lot of like my players were willing to kind of roll with the punches, none of them tried to resist what was happening. But what we did do uh just so quick recap, if those of you that are listening haven't listened it to it before. Yada, yada, yada. Made up gobbledygook about sort of psychic connections and memories. Um, I'm doing sort of a homebrew take on the Raven Queen uh, as a patron for one of my characters in this game that I'm playing. And they decided to try and, like, and explore her motivations by... Diving into this sort of psychic connection that she has with one of the players to you know try and figure out is she good, is she evil? What does she want? Can we trust her? And my players know this Raven Queen is all about like harvesting memories and shit like that anyway. So I decided, okay, it's a little bit meta, but like they know what they're getting into. We ended up pulling them all in to relive a bunch of memories, both from their player characters past, as well as recapping all the major shit that's happened in our campaign up until this point. Um, I was going to have some mechanics in there for uh, if they were trying to resist, they're going to be competing wills with, you know, a quasi godlike character. I didn't want to punish them for that, but at the same time, I was going to make them roll for it. And I needed to have a backup plan if somebody rolled a one. So I was experimenting with the idea of, well, this, this Raven Queen figure steals memories and what would be the ethics of making a player forget about something that would have been potentially important to the motivation and stuff for their character. Didn't happen. But what did happen? Uh, that I kind of came up with on the fly, and I wish I'd done it earlier as we were doing this review, is every time the scene changed, I let everybody do a wisdom save so that they could... um, Basically, their character would be in on what's going on, right? Rather than just reliving these moments as if you're reliving them, you become more of an active observer of these moments that you're reliving. And what that allowed me to do with them is as we were recapping this old stuff that had happened, they could kind of look at it through a new lens and perform some anything from like perception and insight type checks as these situations were uh, being recounted so that they could potentially like mine new information out of this old content. Right.
1: That's uh, Which
0: was a lot of fun. Uh, it worked really, really well. They tried not to... Uh, Like it could have bogged down, you know, could have been like, let's, let's hyperanalyze every little thing. And, And my players were really good about not doing that, but there was, you know, a whole bunch of things where they were oblivious or they just didn't roll well enough to really understand what was going on in certain situations or certain figures that, you know, they're motivations became more clear later so they could reanalyze these situations with uh, a little bit of hindsight and, and, and look what sort of visual cues or personality cues or whatever to look for. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So much fun that it bogged down enough that we actually didn't get through the full campaign recap up to this point. Wow. Uh, which was fine. Uh, we ended up doing, uh, I usually keep my sessions with these guys at about three hours, maybe 3.15. Uh, because we play late, one of them's already in Great Britain, so she's playing in like, you know, the wee hours of the morning. Wow. And the rest of her, us are professionals too, right? So I uh, try not to push into like 10.30, 11 o'clock. Uh, but we ended up calling this session at like 11.15, almost 11.30. Uh, at a convenient spot where I mentioned that I'd sort of whisked them away from the world that we were playing in, which is the one that I kicked off the campaign with our group and um, pulled them into the Feywilds and the Shadowfell, kind of related to some of the other character backstory stuff. And we've been in that for like months and months and months now, a couple of major kind of mini arcs in there but most of that material was fresh enough so that we really didn't need to recap it it was sort of that old world stuff that's kind of related to this that there was a lot of oh i forgot that happened or oh you know that wasn't it hilarious like we we have our own sort of inside jokes like the meepo thing with our group right yep. where we can just get a good laugh about it over and over and over again and um there were some things that all of us had kind of quasi forgotten that we brought up, like in those scenes, we, we took a pause and I gave the players an opportunity, like out of character to, to just talk about what was important for their character in this scene. You know, what, what, what resonated with you? How did it change your motivations? How did it make you feel? Um, so that, all of our players, by the time we got to the end of it, get a good feel for like, hey, not only do I now remember what was important to me and what I wanted to do in character, but these people that I've been with for a while, I remember what their goals are too. And um, as it turns out in reanalyzing the situation, they, they managed to maybe even shift some of their goals now that they have new information that they didn't have before. So,
2: Well, that's cool. Good. It's, yeah, it's nice to get a, a a look at uh what the other characters are going after, because a lot of times, like I know for me specifically, a lot of times, like I'll be playing and it's like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta really think about what my character wants to do here, because quite often I play characters who are different from me right uh it was actually a little bit easier uh in your campaign because so i was basically came, you know playing me if if i had the ability to do those things um but in a lot of a and lot we're of, a space cat pirate yeah uh, it's me That's who i am
0: yeah i mean look at you
2: yeah you know.
0: beeline grace like that's the number one thing i think of when i think of you
2: <laughs> listen i can fall off a tree as easily as any cat. Um, uh, yeah physically not so much but you know <laughs> like character motivation wise a lot of times it's so much so you spend so much time trying to figure out okay like what would my character do in this situation that you don't often worry about like well what do the other players here want so it's nice to get a little bit of a recap and hear them like speak candidly about like what what is your character actually about mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's one of the things that I want to I want to push a little bit when we, we launch our thing is to to have uh, have people have some kind of a motivation whatever it is
1: mm-hmm.
2: right and I, i'm gonna leave that up to the players right like, why are you here like what is what is it that you want out of out of the world you know in light of the sort of archetype of personality that i've i've asked you to fulfill in addition to that like what are you like in in the, the context of that why do you, why do you want to kill the dragon and steal the princess or kill the princess and steal the dragon whichever
1: um you know whichever floats your boat are are you
0: are you doing the the horny bard archetype for any of us
2: no 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 one gets to be horny bard um hmm. I'm going to, in my online, or in, sorry, in my in-person group, I am going to ask that someone play a bard type of character. Not necessarily yeah. the horny bard. Um, I, I think that's overplayed a little bit.
0: Um, in, I, I gotta stop and give a, a shout-out uh, to a particular player in, in my Tuesday night group. I don't actually shout-out my players well enough. Uh, this is Vicky, who played the... Uh, Big Chef Kitty character in the the one shot that we did. Uh, she plays a bard that is the most atypical bard. Like, awkward. Like, interesting backstory has been put through some shit, but is not the type of bard that you would think of when you think of playing a D&D bard. A uh, little bit of music background, a little bit of a, like, worked in a... In a well, let's just call the it, call it character... Male character was a prostitute for a while, just getting by, you know, and uh, worked in a brothel, has been trying to, to make good out of their life, but every like no charisma in the way she role plays the character at all. So it's not seduce the dragon, seduce the princess, whatever. It's I've actually put their character in socially awkward situations because sometimes that's the best part of our campaign. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I I set this character up with is I, I basically granted them, a, like, a, a magical weapon uh, related to the relationship that they have with the patron. It's actually grown quite serious. They kissed for the first time last session. Ooh. Anyway, um, uh, her patron's based on the, the Arthurian Lady of the Lake. There's actually a fourth... Uh, a fourth edition warlock patron, uh, the Lady of White Well character that I've loosely based some of this stuff on. Basically gave her a lightsaber. I reskinned the uh, Sunblade from, from Curse of Strahd. But being a sentient weapon, the, the setup was this woman's tied to this lake, so you can't actually talk to her when you're away from her. Here's a weapon that's going to allow you to do it, but you have to communicate through this weapon through song. And uh, she spent uh, a couple of weeks, I guess, figuring out what the the shit was going to be that she was going to do, and badly sung um, "Smooth" by Rob Thomas Santana. <laughs> Just okay. like this is this is the song that I'm going to be establishing as sort of like the trigger song, so that I can interact with this sentient blade thing. Um, Again, like the not what you would have, would a bard would normally do, right? It would just turned into a funny thing. So shout out Vicky, uh, Trip Ten Buck, the name of her character, um, Man with No Luck. You're an awesome uh, bard.
2: this yeah, I you know what I like bards are the most versatile characters that you can role play. It's kind of sad that they get um, pigeonholed into that one sort of trope where. This is what bards are like. They have sex with everything. Eh, Not
1: necessarily. Yeah.
0: Which is kind of funny because like. The mental image that we have for bards outside of D&D. Like you play D&D bards as if they're rock stars. Right. But when you think of what they actually are. Like minstrels and like, yeah, they're, (laughs) yeah, they're one time at band camp. I,
2: (laughs) yeah, no, I've never been to band camp, but you know, I assume it's wild. (laughs) Ah, Dungeons and Dragons,
0: yeah,
2: winter. I like winter. Winter is good for (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Uh, I did hear from Ian this week, he, uh, went radio silent for I don't know a week and a half on me I was a little bit worried about him I know he's back from Europe he's enjoying the California life I think he had some family down poor guy oh so much to worry be. about but uh, he did make some pod bag submissions for us so let's get into one of them you've got mail there's a small collection of sounds and music that permeate my brain from old school games. The most recent one that's come up and stuck around uh, is when Shane, me, sent him a "Plebs Are needed MP3 from Caesar 2. This is now my new email notification sound uh, for work emails. Do you have any retro sounds or bits of music that seem to crop up decades later? Start the game already! I think I actually, because I don't know that I've actually done this with you and put you through the ringer, but when we were doing the retro replay thing, I built that little stinger. I'm just going to play it now.
1: I used to be an adventurer
0: like you. Stay a while and listen. Now there's the obvious Easter egg sounds in there. Deckard Cain, Skyrim Dude. Can you pick the two other ones?
2: No, I can't. I like there's there's some vague rec- like recognition of stuff in there, but I don't. There's nothing else that that stands out to me. What am I missing?
0: Uh, well, there's the Super Mario punch coin sound. Yep. Uh, but the one that uh, I figured you'd probably miss was the Half-Life crowbar. Yeah, it's the first thunk that you hear there, clank.
2: I don't I didn't play a lot of Half-Life. Um no. when Half when Half-Life was well Half-Life 2 is is the one that I mm-hmm. um when it came out I didn't have a computer that I could play that on. A
1: second. I didn't play a lot of it. All and of yes. the
2: sounds from uh when we're, we're waiting for you to set up the server and waiting for people to synchronize on the internet.
0: Yeah, you know? Age of Empires is a big one for us. And funny enough, so Tanya played the game a little bit, but not a lot. She's into civilization and stuff a little bit more. Uh, the kids I got playing Age of Empires a little bit, but she spent enough time with me playing it in the room with her that not just the taunt sounds, like the, you know, start the game already or... Monk, monk, I need, need a monk. monk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's one of the sounds that actually comes up in the game. Uh, yeah. When you, uh, I forget which race it is or which civilization, but you, you know, when you click on your, your. Dis- oh, another one that sticks out to me is stop up. touching me. My tummy feels funny. Mm.
0: <laughs> zug, zug. <laughs> yeah. But Age of Empires has enough sound cues in it that aren't taunts like the sounds when a villager uh, is created at the, the town center or when archers are created or something like that, that we'll go through just random days where we'll, we'll hear something on the radio or we'll be in a restaurant and like some sound happens off in the distance and we'll look at each other and she'll say, that was an Age of Empires sound. Oh, yep. But Lemmings. is awesome that way.
2: Oh my God, did you ever play Lemmings. I had Lemmings for the Amiga. It was it was much nicer than the the P60 or the C64 mm-hmm. or PC uh, version. Um, and there's a bunch of sounds in there that like crop up in my brain.
0: Here's the still. the the situation though. When I played Lemmings, it wasn't on an Amiga. It was on uh, oh god, it must have been like a it might have been a PC Junior or an AT machine with. Only the PC speaker didn't even have an ad lib uh, card in it to to handle like music. It was just the PC speaker, oh. so I didn't get a lot of that shit. <laughs> uh, you know what ones uh, get me a lot though that I think of honestly, like just play them in my head in the middle of a day is the Ghost Recon stuff. We've already talked about it today. But there's certain sounds, the friendly fire sounds, of course, like the, the Murphy, radio. Trailer, Murphy,
1: Murphy, Murphy!
0: <laughs> These <laughs> particular sound of certain weapons, like the the grenade launcher on the um, Funk. yep, the, FN uh, the OICW, yeah, the, uh, the MM one and the VFN two thousand, and then the sound of grenades exploding, yeah, like. It's just a Crunch. particular sound that, like, I'll hear it in a movie or something that's very close, and I'm like...
2: Yep. I mean, they're probably pulling from the same uh, same sound samples.
0: Oh, I'm sure they are. Um, another shout-out, not a parting gift. Uh, we've talked about H-Bomber guy in the past. Um, there's a, a, a video that he did that spiraled into, like, a three- or four-hour video. Uh, it started with the Roblox OOF sound, which had previously come oh. from... Um, uh, Divinity
2: uh, something? DSX?
0: Some uh, some
2: Cupid game.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Not Divinity, but yes, you're talking about the right game. Um,
2: yeah, because I watched Messiah? that. No.
0: Might have been Messiah. Anyway, an old game that a sound engineer had worked on, and it spiraled into an examination of this one like industry vets compulsive lying and just it it was like like diving deep into the psyche of Donald Trump only it was not Donald Trump it was somebody else Very and similar. it is one of the most like entertaining train wrecks i've watched in a long time it's
2: so blatantly bad um i've i've mentioned before I, again we, we i think it was last week or the, or maybe the previous episode that the parting my parting gift was behind the bastards mm-hmm. and i'm catching up on however many thousands of hours of it there is cuz I, I literally I, we talked about before how i can't listen to podcast podcasts while i'm working i've started listening to this podcast while i work because it's like i i have to consume this like i need to know these things um and the one that they're doing right now is uh, uh infowars guy
1: Mm -hmm.
2: right and it's the first one that is because normally it's like they do an hour or an hour and a half um and sometimes there's enough material that they're like okay well there's a part two this has three parts and it's it's funny because they went back and got a lot of his stuff from like when he was on public radio Mm -hmm. right and it was very obvious that he was doing a bit um and then he just it just spiraled out until now i'm like he's the character has subsumed him i think. Anyway, but it's it's interesting to see how how much similarity there is between people who get just that kind of behavior.
1: Yeah. Ah,
2: on our lighthearted video game podcast.
1: I think I might need to
0: build a soundboard. Like I get all these stingers that we play in here, but you know, thinking about this question for me and i might need to work some of those sounds just into mid-conversation
2: yeah you should look up a guy he he's got some of his routines are on on uh, youtube hospital radio um it's difficult to describe but if you're you're interested in people using sound boards hospital radio yeah it's you you will go pee before you start listening is otherwise your underwear going to get wet? That funny.
0: Well, I'll have to check it out. It's not your official parting gift, but uh, let's get into that. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole
2: goes. Anybody so, parting gift. This is this is old. Um, I first found this when we were working at Ball Center. Um, it is a website called Grog's Animated Knots, um, where Got all kinds of knots and an animation to show you the various steps of how they work. Uh, my favorite is the alpine butterfly. I've used them a lot things learn how to tie some knots or just like looking at knots or you're not enthusiast This is
0: not, not enthusiast is that is that a thing
2: i think so i mean i I enjoy the idea of constructing a knot like I can uh, I get joy out of looking at a well-constructed knot. Um, and they're useful, right? Like I, I tie knots and things all the oh, time. Oh, yeah,
0: super, super useful. I just, you know, uh, the idea that people look at, I, I think of like sommeliers with wine or, you know, people that like like their whiskeys or something, like the idea of just taking in a knot, you know, and, and, and experiencing what it has to offer is just an immensely funny visual for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Like, I, I understand that you can look at it through an engineering lens and be like, this knot is incredibly clever. Now let me tell you why. Because you know, when this does this, this does this, tension's gonna happen here, increased friction here. Like I get looking at a knot from that angle, yeah, and appreciating a knot, but the idea of of a knot enthusiast is just completely different than that for me.
2: Yeah here's here's a museum that we're going to we're going to an <laughs> exhibition of knots and there's going to be wine and cheese and everybody's going to be wearing black turtlenecks yeah and you speaking know, like you those people
0: that in an art gallery that are just standing in front of a painting for hours just taking it in trying to let the <laughs> the emotional experience but just picture like a really good like sailor's knot you yep. know fucking berkeley knot up on the wall and everybody just kind of standing around,
2: just nodding and going, "Oh, the the expression, yeah, no, it's a funny visual. I like it."
0: That's- I've never heard of this Grog's animated nuts.
2: Really? Oh, you yeah. should go check it out. Like, it's it's very. There's a lot of things where I, like, I have just sort of scrolling through and seeing like, how do these like, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? How does this work?
0: I think I've finally come to the conclusion that back in those days you were a selfish asshole. I mean. I- there was an ab- abundance of 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 evidence and you're perfectly forthcoming about it but I'm discovering all of these things that you're like oh this is from back in the day when you and I first met when we were actually like friends on the regular we would see each other almost every day and you've just chosen not to share any of this shit with me
2: I assumed that you knew <laughs> like we were we were both like well it's i suppose it's not true i was working the overnight shift a lot so i was surfing the internet a ton and
0: i was always overnight you mentioned battle chess i mean we would sit there playing chess in the middle of the shift i don't think you ever beat me but i'm pretty sure i did i'm
2: pretty sure you didn't i think we need to have some rematches now
0: all right we're gonna have to do that on our stream. There's some exciting gameplay for the audience. Oh yeah, Yep.
2: Yeah. Did you know that they televise the world chess championships like in real time? Like I I get that it it could be like it's interesting to watch Brilliant Minds work, but can you imagine tuning in to like four hours of a chess game? And here's an interesting rule in Dude, you think
0: that's insane? Watch them play Go. Like when people are playing Go, it's just it's like darts, like where you get the passionate audience. It's okay. It's not not quite that colorful, but like. Yeah, it's like standing around looking at a wall with knots on it, like it's.
2: Yeah, it's it's, why are we watching this? Why are you listening to us? (laughs) It's at least as entertaining. There's an interesting rule in competitive chess that I didn't know about that if you've because they've got the, the chess clocks and they go with time. If you run out of time and, and nobody has won, Black wins. I do not know that. I learned that like today. Somebody was making a joke about the, uh, the chess tournament. They had some kind of, you know, blow up thing where it's like, oh, you got to do it on super quick time. And they're going, you know, tick, 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 almost like speed chess. Because if, if somebody runs out of time and there's, there's no winner, apparently Black wins. I don't know. I might be wrong i'm never gonna get to the grandmaster level so it doesn't matter
1: no you're not no i'm not i'm gonna kick your ass though
0: no no you're not i actually haven't played chess in forever honestly i mean it's one of those games that like it's probably easier than jumping back on a bike especially for somebody like me on a bike oh
2: yeah well i do actually ride my bike around it's uh it's frightening how tall a bike is when you're grown up. It's like, this is <laughs> this is a long way off the ground. If I fall over, this is going to hurt.
0: <sighs> yeah. yeah. Same bike 30 years ago. You'd be like, I'm going to take it out some sweet jumps.
2: Maybe 40 years ago. But yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, my dude, I think that's our show. It's been good talking to you. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this show, thanks for listening. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe check out our streams. If not, if you're just a connoisseur of the audio formats, then we'd love to hear from you another way. Uh, you can comment on our YouTube channel, or if you'd like to send us an email, uh, podcast or podbag pod bag at nerdingundertheinfluence.com. Uh, we're wide open for uh, listener-submitted parting gifts hotbag suggestions you want to fire your questions at us we would be happy to answer them and until next time we suck you suck so bad man
2: well there's you know
1: i haven't had a lot of practice